0: Podcast today, we're sharing audio of Kinex's Chief Revenue
1: Officer Jeff Roussel and a webinar presentation that he gave the other day. We want to thank Allison Greco and Continuous Improvement International for allowing us to share this audio and for hosting the webinar. Well, welcome to Diagnosing Your Continuous Improvement Culture with Continuous Improvement International. Before we get started, let me tell you just a little bit about CII. CII is a fresh modern professional society. We're here to support continuous improvers and process improvers. Whether you do this full-time or maybe it's your part-time additional duties as assigned, we are here to support you in your continuous improvement journey and to provide you with the education, the tools, and real-world advice from real-world leaders. Membership is available now at cii-membership.com. And with the membership, you get uh, on-demand courses in a variety of continuous improvement topics. There's a library of tools and templates, and we have webinars at least twice a month bringing you the CI Academy series where you can learn new tools and techniques to help build your toolbox of tools. And then we also have webinars like the one you're joining today, Continuous Improvement Leadership Live, with leaders who are providing you with that inspiration, that motivation, and more of that strategic perspective on your Continuous Improvement program. We're really working to bring you great content that you can put in place today. Take that advice and, and start making improvements in your work environment right now. We also have some, uh, some, some kind of logistics to work out before we get started. So first, we are recording today's webinar. So if you miss part of it, you can come back and watch it. This webinar will be recorded and made available on our website and that will be available through the end of May, so you have a few weeks to come back and watch it or to share it with your coworkers who may want to hear this message as well. These webinars are available on demand at any time, even past May 31st, to all of our CII members. There's also a Q&A box down here in Zoom, so if you have questions for us as we're going, feel free to just type those in the box. We will end our webinar at about um, 10 till, Uh, we try to keep our webinars 45 to 50 minutes long. And that's because you probably have a meeting right after this, and you might need a little break before you go. So we will make sure that we leave you with some time to prepare for your next meeting. So we'll take about uh, 30 minutes to deliver today's incredible content, and we'll leave some time at the end to answer your questions. If you do have questions as we go we'll try to answer some of those um, as they come in so feel free to start sharing those questions And then finally at the end of the webinar a survey monkey survey will pop up on your screen please take that survey we really value your feedback we want to know what you think about our webinars and we also want to know if you have topics for future webinars if there's things that you're struggling with right now, let us know. And we will look for those experts to bring the advice to you here in CII's webinars. All right. Well, welcome to Diagnosing Your Continuous Improvement Culture with Jeff Roussel. Uh, Before we get started with the formal part of the conversation, uh, we want to get to know Jeff a little bit better. So I have some uh, fun questions for Jeff. So are you, are you ready, Jeff?
0: I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay.
1: So when this song comes on the radio, I always turn it up.
0: Um, it doesn't come on the radio very much because I like old Louisiana music. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, <laughs> I like Willie Nelson's Georgia on my mind. Uh, he, oh, nice that choice. is my favorite version of that song. So it doesn't come on the radio as much, but if it comes on, like my my scrolling uh, Spotify list or whatever, that's the one I stop and I usually replay it uh, once. Also, so that I think that's the one that stands out.
1: Good, good choice. Good choice. Okay. And if you weren't doing this job you're doing today, what would you be doing?
0: Well, I can't be a professional golfer um, just because of lack of talent. Um, and, and I certainly would still be a parent, no matter what job that I was doing. I'll tell you, I think I'd be a teacher. Uh, it's the part of my job that I, that is my favorite part is teaching. And, And so I think that's the one I would, I would lean toward if I had to do it all over again.
1: I like it. Very nice. And, and maybe the harder question, why is continuous improvement so important to an organization?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into that a little bit during this this webinar, but I, I think it's potentially the most important thing that any organization can do if they want to remain relevant and remain competitive and um, really, I mean, have the numbers that they're looking for as a business. I think we're seeing in these uncertain times right now that organizations that can improve their processes are the ones that that... Uh, manage things more effectively. I'm seeing that in my local grocery store here in Texas, there's a a chain called HEB and they just got recognized nationally for the work that they're doing. And it's all about continuous improvement. I don't even know if they call it continuous improvement. I just know that, you know, they are improving all of their processes every day across an organization and getting better and better. And I don't know, I just, to me that, you know, seeing it, it is exactly what organizations need if they're going to compete over time. So um, yeah, I'm very passionate about this subject. I'm looking forward to getting into it.
1: Okay, well, wonderful. Again, I'm Allison Greco, the founder of CII. And now I'm going to turn it over to Jeff for diagnosing your continuous improvement culture challenge.
0: Great, thanks Allison. appreciate that. So, so thank you guys out there. Uh, I appreciate your time that you're spending with me today. Uh, I don't know how many of you out there know the author Simon Sinek. He's one of my favorite business authors, and I find him to be a very kind of deep thinker just about leadership and about how we can influence others. Um, I've got a few books that I read annually and, and he wrote one called leaders eat last. That's on my list. Just something I do to try to enhance my own leadership skills. But one of my favorite books by him was called start with why. And he talks about how critical it is when you're trying to explain something to tell people why that's important before explaining what you're going to do to fix it or what you're going to do to solve the problem. So just to that end, and whenever I do a presentation or a webinar or try to introduce a topic, I try to start with why. And so the first part of that is why me, right? Why did Allison ask me to do this webinar? Um, So I am the chief revenue officer at a small software company called Kynexus. You can see it on the bottom right of the slide here. Um, We are a software company that is committed to spreading continuous improvement. So we use our software or our customers use our software and our partnership to just try to be more organized and more efficient in their continuous improvement work. Well, I've been doing this for six and a half years now, and in that time, Quite literally, I might have spoken to three to four thousand different organizations about their continuous improvement journey and the problems that they're having and that they're trying to solve. And with that many conversations, I just go through so much pattern matching about continuous improvement that I feel like I've gotten a really good—I don't know—mental p- picture of the types of problems that organizations are dealing with, and I've really become adept at asking questions to try to diagnose the challenges that they have and, and sometimes technology helps and sometimes that's not the problem but I feel like I've just because I've had so many conversations I'm able to diagnose those challenges effectively and so that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is how might you look at your own organization and diagnose the challenges that you're having in order to apply the correct solutions in that regard. So, so that's me. Um, The next question though, and I think it's worth asking is why lean, why continuous improvement? Because if you don't really believe in this, then to be honest, you know, it doesn't matter what my advice is or what recommendations I make. So the way I look at just the whole concept of lean is that you either believe in a command and control structure within an organization, or you believe in a connect and collaborate one, right? You, you either, I mean, I hate to say it, you either believe that employees should check their brains at the door and just come in and do the work as they're told, or you fundamentally believe that everyone in an organization has two jobs. They have to do their work and they have to do it well, and then they also have to improve the work. They have to have ideas on how to make the work that they're doing more effective. And so I'm coming into this conversation assuming that everyone watching this webinar shares that belief that we should be creating an army of problem solvers. Our goal should be that every employee participates in the improvement process. And so to me, that's why lean. Because if if we can get everyone in an organization looking at not just their work, but how to improve their work, we're just going to make, I mean, honestly, it's going to make everything better. Going to make organizations better, customers happier, employees happier, etc. So that to me is why lean, right? But in the why, how, what kind of order, the next question is how, right? So I get it, lean's important, but how do we get our organizations to do that? And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Hopefully, I'll give you some ideas on questions that you can ask, so that you can diagnose your own organization. And then I'm also going to give you some ideas on some ways that you can make some small changes that will help you drive a continuous improvement culture where you work or even within your family, to be quite honest. It doesn't doesn't have to be a workplace. So let's get started. Um, There is a concept in business called the Golden Triangle. And um, the concept of the Golden Triangle is that at a very high level, Anytime that you are trying to implement something or make a change in an organization or effectively kind of get something to work, you've really got to focus on three primary areas. And those three areas are people, process, and technology. And quite honestly, now I can't stop thinking about this. Anytime I see a challenge in our business at Kynexus, I start to ask questions around the people, the process, and the technology, and it's literally how I, I diagnose our customers. I ask questions in these three areas, and I try to pinpoint well, what problem are we dealing with, and then hopefully that'll lead to to a specific solution. The thing is, um, these things are not independent of one another. The three areas feed off each other. You know, one without the other is like a three legged stool. It's it's just going to fall, but If you can do these things together, then you have a much greater chance of being successful at whatever it is that you choose to do. Now, in this case, we're choosing continuous improvement. So if you take people, process, and technology, and you apply it to the concept of continuous improvement, what I think it breaks down into is the leadership, the improvement processes, and the enabling technologies that you use in order to build a culture of continuous improvement. And, and again, you, know, you pull any one of these away and the stool falls, but taken together, these are the areas that you can look at within your organization to get a sense of, are we strong or do we have challenges and where might we apply some, some solutions? So let's talk about these. So leadership is the beliefs, the attitudes, and the behaviors that you instill in your organization or your team or your family in order to create a great culture of improvement the processes are really the methods and the steps that people use to participate in improvement we're going to talk a lot about that and then technology is is really just the tools that people use to organize their efforts and to make sure that they are as efficient as possible in that. I'm not, I mean, I work at a technology company, but I'm not here to promote a specific technology. We're going to talk about those in general, but we're going to go through all three of these areas. And I'm going to hopefully help you kind of simplify the questions that you can ask and then give you some ideas on, on how you can improve these different areas if you figure out where your challenges are. So let's start with, with leadership. And again, I said, this is the the beliefs and the attitudes and the behaviors that ultimately lead to a great culture of achievement or improvement. And and so let's talk about what that really means and talk about what great lean leadership requires. So uh, these are my opinions, but I certainly think that the first step of having great lean leadership is commitment. And when I am talking to a potential customer for Kinexus, most of my initial questions are all around the commitment around lean leadership, right? You do not become lean or have a continuous improvement culture by accident. It takes a decision to develop the right habits, and it takes a commitment to see those through, even through tough times. We're seeing that right now, right? Some organizations are going to be committed to improvement even through a pandemic, others, it's going to fall by the wayside because they really weren't committed to it. Um, There's a lot of things that you can, you can do to figure this out. Uh, I I hate to say it, but this is one of the areas where most organizations kind of, I don't know if they lie to me as a salesperson, but like, they'll always say, absolutely, we're totally committed to this. And then when you start to probe a little and you kind of start to ask, well, you know, when's the last time the CEO participated in an improvement program or project. And it literally is just not there, right? So you really have to kind of ask the questions of, are you committed at the highest levels of your organization? And I will tell you, if you're not, this is probably where I would focus the most amount of time. Because um, there's a belief that I carry, and I don't know what book I read it from, but organizations take on the behaviors of their highest leaders. And so if your leaders are committed to continuous improvement, the rest of the organization will follow. But if they're not, it's gonna be an uphill battle, unfortunately. So, commitment to me is key. Um, and it's one where you really have to ask a lot of hard questions to make sure that you're truly committed to going down this path. The next part of uh, lean leadership that think like, if lean is truly a goal, like it needs to be part, there needs to be a communication plan around it. This is something that I see. Left out all the time, but for instance, the best Kinexis customers are the ones who are most successful. They have a communication plan around lean. They they send emails about it weekly. They highlight the best improvements in their organization. Uh, their executives um, talk about lean as part of their their kind of management meetings and report outs that they go through. Right there is a communication strategy, and an execution that happens within great continuous improvement cultures that is just part of great lean leadership. The third one is resources. Um, I think it's imperative that you have to, I mean, you just have to understand that you're going to have to give people the tools and potentially the training and the time in order to do continuous improvement. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so, so this is something that, again, leaders have to be able to commit the resources within their organization in order to do great improvement. It doesn't mean everyone has to give 40 hours a week to doing improvement, but it does mean that there have to be resources that are allocated specifically to creating an, an improvement culture within an organization. And then the last one is kind of the buzzword, and that's accountability. Uh, I think I go back and forth whether this is a better word or whether responsibility is a better word. But the fact is, if lean is truly a goal, if it's truly a goal of an organization. Well, then people and managers and leaders they should be held accountable to both their, their participation and their results in improvement. Because if you're not going to hold yourselves accountable to it, well, then are, are you? Re- is it really that, that important to you? And so. I feel like, you know, taken together, um, these areas really kind of help organize thoughts around lean leadership. I do think you can question yourself in these areas and si- see if you're lacking here. And if so, uh, we can talk in a little bit about some ideas of how to maybe solve those problems. But this is usually the first area that I look for when I'm talking to someone to make sure that they are on the right path around their lean leadership. So let's talk just so I can, you know, make this hopefully useful to people. And I'm going to date myself from an age standpoint, but I I remember watching Dave Letterman when I was younger and he always did the top 10 list. And so I'm going to kind of walk through my top 10 list on how I think organizations can improve their own lean leadership. If this is the area that you find is lacking within your organization, you know, you can, you can do a few easy things to try to move it in the right direction. And so number one is you have to state your belief in continuous improvement. Your executives have to state this belief. Your managers have to state this belief. You have to, to convince your organization that you believe in continuous improvement and that it's important. And quite frankly, you have to do it over and over and over again. Um, This is an easy one to do, but it's one that most organizations forget, is to just explain to their people how important continuous improvement really is. Uh, To that end, I think it, it helps if you can tell them why it's important and how it's going to affect your goals and your strategy as an organization. And so doing some deep thinking around this really helps people to kind of wrap their arms around what kind of lean leadership they want. And then the one that I see people kind of, I don't know, fall fall short of every time is participating in improvement yourself. Too often I see organizations where the continuous improvement team is trying to get people to participate in improvement, but the leaders aren't. You know, they're not participating themselves. In improvement. So, if you manage a team or if you lead an organization, I would tell you make sure that you participate in improvement yourself. And that means that you should have leader standard work. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you can reach out to me after this. You can do a couple of Google searches. But you know, managing people, managing processes requires standard work. So you're asking the right questions, and you're doing that on a the correct cadence. <laughs> Excuse me. And so, I think it's important that. That leaders do this. I also think it's important that leaders spend lots of time in the Gemba. And I'll I'll just make this a little less jargony and say on the job site. And this could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Like if you're a construction manager, well, being on the construction site matters. But you know, we work in a sales environment, which is a process or a service organization. And so it's my responsibility to spend time on sales calls with my people or or else I can't coach them properly. And so if you work in a service organization and you're in a call center, you need to spend time on the phone listening to reps have their their calls. You need to be at the job site wherever the work is happening so you can provide for those types of um, those types of situations. You should ask often for improvement ideas. I, I think Too many organizations fall into the trap of thinking they only want the big ones. Just give me those million-dollar ideas that are going to change our business. But the fact is, you don't find those unless you ask for every idea. And you just have to have faith that the small ideas will lead to a big... I always advise people ask often for opportunities for improvement and then respond quickly to new ideas. You are trying to, as lean leadership, you are trying to build a habit within your organization so that your people look for improvement opportunities. You have to thank them. You have to respond quickly to every idea, even if it's not a good one. You have to have faith that the second, third, the fourth idea from that person is going to be better than the first. So uh, this is one that I, I really recommend to people is to make sure you respond quickly and try to solve something. We always tell the story of a hospital customer of Kinexus, and people were asking to build a new parking garage. And as they kind of dug a little deeper into that request, what they found out was when it rained, people got wet. And so they were literally able to solve the problem with some umbrellas and some strategic places around the organization. And it wasn't a perfect fix, but they didn't have the money for a new parking garage. And so they were able to implement something. And as a result of that, they built trust. With their workforce and their people started to provide more and more ideas on how to improve the organization. So uh, when your people give you an idea, it's usually because they have a problem in their day-to-day work, and it is imperative that you try to fix something for them, even if it's not exactly what they are asking for. Uh, from a leader standpoint, you know if you can create time for your people to participate in improvement, that's going to be ideal. Um, I tend to ask questions, and we're going to talk a little bit about the cadence of meeting, like how often do you guys meet about improvement. But if you can give people a few hours a week to participate in improvement projects, if you can have meetings that are focused solely on improvement throughout the week, you're going to find yourself moving in a much better direction from a leadership standpoint. And then we'll talk more about this early uh, a little later too but uh if you can teach your people just how to do basic problem solving the goal here is not to solve all of your people's problems the goals here is to teach them how to solve their own problems and then kind of unleash them on the world and so um this is one that when we get into the processes i think it's important but leaders need to be the ones that teach people how to do basic problem solving and ultimately, I think they need to be the ones that teach people how to identify waste. And so that's my top 10 list. I think if organizations can do these things regularly, they'll find that their leadership naturally just improves over time. And hopefully that will lead to more of a culture of continuous improvement. And um, we, I've seen it work. I've seen it, you know, we try to practice it at Kinexus, but I think it's some simple tips that almost everyone can go through to uh, try to make their leadership better from a lean standpoint. So let's talk about the next one, improvement processes, right? The second kind of leg in the stool, excuse me. So so the processes are really the methods or some people would call them the methodologies or the steps that people use to participate. And I think that uh, organizations get this wrong. But I think that if you can develop the right processes, you really give yourself an advantage in order to sustain a great culture. So let's talk a little bit about what makes great improvement processes. The first for those, for me is that those processes are simple. And so uh, most great lean techniques, the, there is a tendency for organizations to create pretty complex processes. They want to tag everything and they want uh, to handle every different scenario that could come about. And when they ask someone for an idea, they want them to talk about which cost center it applies to and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the tendency is for organizations to create really complex processes, but the goal should be to create really easy steps that really anyone can follow and whether or not they understand lean. And so uh, this is one where I ask a lot of questions. Tell me your improvement processes. Tell me the steps. If someone has an idea, what are they going to do with it? Where is that idea going to go? How are they going to get feedback on it? What's the next step in that process? And very quickly, you can tell whether someone's developed a simple process or one that's a little too complex. And you can certainly kind of coach in that direction. The next part of it is consistency. This is one I I see as I ask kind of deeper questions. A lot of times, the process that someone goes through as they are participating in continuous improvement, it might be different depending on what type of problem we're solving. You know, Is this a strategic problem, or is it a daily issue, or is it a manufacturing problem, or is it a business problem? Or it's different based on what team they're on, right? Some teams do a daily huddle. Other teams don't do a daily huddle. And I think what I've seen is that across an organization... If you can strive for consistency so that people can participate no matter what job they're doing, no matter what team they're on, no matter what they're doing in a certain moment, then you're going to make that easier on your organization. And so I ask a lot of questions around consistency and how it works in different teams. And I think this is an easy one for people to self-diagnose. And then the third one for me is discipline. This is absolutely one where it's easy to diagnose and it's one where people make the mistake. Um, You know, I, I believe that if we're going to create improvement cultures, what we're really doing, we are building habits within our organization and the discipline around that or use another word, the cadence around that is very often overlooked. So, uh, I think you should have a schedule to talk about improvement. The way I think about scheduling is daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. No, that's a lot, but I feel like you can very easily say, you know, well, what is our daily discussion around improvement going to consist of? Maybe that's a 10 minute huddle on our team just to talk about improvement ideas and if we've made any progress on any of them. And then weekly, maybe we kind of sit down (coughs) and talk about a little bit of a bigger concept in a 30-minute meeting. Uh, Monthly, we should probably look at our statistics to see whether or not we are uh, doing improvement effectively and and then fill in any gaps. Uh, Quarterly, we might communicate this to the leadership within our organization, to the executives. And then annually, we do a review just to, to see whether we met our goals and to see whether we've been successful. You might have a completely different cadence, but I think you know having those cadence and having that discipline helps to create the habits, and it changes how people participate in the improvement process. And then the last one is organized. Um, I think this is one where when people are not organized with their improvement, they just lose momentum almost as quickly as they gain it. And ideas fall by the wayside and dates get missed. And it, it just literally what you're doing is signaling to your people that improvement's not that important if you're not organized. So if you've got a suggestion box and you haven't checked it in a couple of months, if uh, there's not a process to thank people, to assign people, to talk about next steps, to make sure you haven't hit due dates or you, you're hitting due dates, that sort of thing, and you have an organization problem. And if you have an organization problem, again, you're signaling to your, your people that this really isn't that important. And so I st- strongly recommend that people ask these questions around their improvement processes. If, if you can figure out what problem you're dealing with, then it's a much easier kind of solution to to kind of go in and say, Hey, we made our processes too complex. Let's simplify them. We're not meeting consistently or disciplined enough. You know, we've got 10 different processes across 10 different teams. We've got a consistency problem, or maybe we're just not that organized. And so our people aren't, we're not signaling to them that this is important enough to have some organization. So this is where I think you can diagnose it. Um, I do think there are simple things that people can do to create better processes." Um my personal one I'll just go in in just my personal order. The first one is I think people should teach their their people how to identify waste, and this is different based on the work you're doing you know if you're in a sales job, waste is different than if you're in a manufacturing job if you were if you work in a call center, waste looks different than if you are a salesman and but I think every job has this kind of waste um I was I was always taught the seven ways of lean when Allison and I talked earlier. Uh, she she uses the eight ways of lean. And and so I think there's a number of ways to look at this. But what I tell people is, like your, your employees are not going to remember overproduction, inventory, weighting, motion, etc. cetera. What they're going to look at is, how does this apply to my day-to-day work? And so if I look at this from a sales standpoint, and I'll just highlight a couple, but like if we are waiting for approvals or legal review or signatures, we're in a waste situation from a sales standpoint. Um, if if we lose opportunities, if we don't ask them for referrals, we have great customers; they love us. And if we're not asking them for referrals, well, then we're, we, from a sales perspective, that's a wasted opportunity. Uh, maybe we're not talking to the actual decision maker, and respectfully. That's better for our customer. If we are, it's also better for us as an organization. Or maybe we just have too much busy work or documentation that just isn't really required. So I would recommend that you know, take the work that you're doing and think through what does waste look like in that work and put it in that language. And I think you'll have a much better opportunity of your people identifying this waste when they go about their day-to-day work. And really, that's the first step in the process is getting them to identify this kind of ways. And then if you do, the next step is literally just to teach people how to do their own basic problem solving. I think there are tons of methodologies here that you can use. I've seen people use A3s. I've seen them use projects. I've seen whatever. At Kynexus, we use a PDCA process. Some people call this a PDSA process. Um, i don't think it matters. I just you should figure out a simplified problem solving approach and then teach your people how to do that and And then when you meet with them, you know you're holding them accountable to doing this process, to taking these steps and to building these habits and so I think it's an easy step that people can do to build to build better processes in their organizations. Um, I also think that you can teach your people a very simplified improvement process. Itself, So it's a little different than the problem-solving process, but this is the one where if you make it too complex, it's really hard. And so at Kinexus, with our people, we teach a, a four-step process. We call it capture, implement, measure, share. We want people to capture ideas or opportunities for improvement. We go through a PDSA process to implement it. We measure the impact of that. It might be time savings. It might be increased satisfaction for employees. There might have a dollar impact to it. And, and then we share that with the team. And we talk about that in meetings. And so for us, everyone that works at Kinexus knows how to go through these four steps. It's something that's part of our onboarding process as an organization. But again, I think it's, you know, it's a simplified process that organizations can use to teach their people how to do improvement when they, when they do identify something. And then I think you need to figure out a way to organize your improvements. Um, How are you going to group them together? Where are they going to live? How are you going to name them? Right. What is your consistent naming structure? How are you going to communicate success? How do you make sure that ideas are not going to fall through the cracks? And again, you know, this is, Going to be different in every organization, but if you're not focused on organizing your improvements, you're going to feel the pain of it at some point. So I I, I would strongly recommend to do that, and then I would recommend setting up a cadence. Um, I'll actually say maybe a better way to say this is practice. Improvement is not something that you do uh, once. It's easy to talk about doing improvement and not actually doing it. Um, Perfect can certainly become the enemy here, right? Just get it and do it, right? Do practice improvement, practice it with your team, practice it at home, whatever. And it's easier to build a habit if you can get into that practice. So hopefully that gives you some ideas from um, from a process standpoint on ways that you can diagnose your culture and then some maybe simple things that you can do to move it in the right direction. So let's talk a little bit about Technology. Uh, I'll full disclosure here. I work at a technology company that helps people do improvement. This is not a sales pitch for that, but um, I certainly, you know, if you're interested in that, I'm I'm happy to do that. What I want people to know here (coughs) is that technology is a very important component to this. And I think it's one that gets overlooked a lot. Most people, even, even people who've done lean for a long time, a lot of times, there's an aversion to technology. They don't, they don't want to use technology. But the fact of the matter is, pen and paper is a technology. Whiteboards are a technology. Excel is a technology. I mean, all of those things, SharePoint sites, those are technologies. Uh, if if not, we would just keep this stuff in our head, right? And our heads are great at problem solving, but they're terrible at like reminding us of things and helping us to visualize if dates are missed, etc. And so in order to stay organized and in order to help you remain disciplined and and maybe even keep people accountable, and sometimes in order to even simplify the way you do this work, it would behoove you to think through the technologies that you're using. And so I have a list of what I think great technologies, great improvement technologies solve for people. It's like, This is the problems that people come to an organization like Kinexus trying to solve. And so the first of those is visibility. Um, It is inherent that everyone can see what everyone else is doing. Transparency is extremely important in improvement. And I think that if you can solve for this, then your managers know how to make better decisions. Your people see other improvements that are happening across the organization. They can copy them or they and it also just signals to the organization that we are doing improvement. This is part of working at our company. So visibility is a big one that you should ask yourself, do I have a visibility problem? And if so, well then you might look at the technology you're using as a problem. The next would be collaboration. You have to give your technology has to give people a way to communicate with one another about their improvements. Improvements don't happen in a vacuum. Oftentimes, they take multiple teams, they take multiple people to do the problem-solving, and you have to give your people an easy way to collaborate with one another. So if you're having a problem with collaboration, again, I would look at that as a technology problem, and and you might want to look to try to solve that specifically. Uh, Standards is one that (coughs) can be really difficult. Uh, Sometimes standards, the problem is that you haven't set standards. But oftentimes, it's really hard to roll those standards out and to make sure that people are adhering to those standards. And so if you have an improvement standard, if you are teaching a PDSA or a PDCA methodology and people aren't really kind of managing to those standards, well, you might have a technology problem and it, you might be able to organize the work differently that can help you to roll out those standards. So I think that's a pretty important part here. Uh, sharing is a big component. Here, you know, people track improvements for a reason. The technology they use helps to share those improvements. It helps to um, implement change in multiple parts of an organization. It helps for people to recognize that they're not in this alone. Other people are also doing improvements. And so, again, you should ask yourself, if you're having trouble sharing improvement information, you, you might have a technology problem that you want to look at. And then lastly is impact. And and impact, to me, it can be uh, as simple as just uh, how many changes are we making, or it could be as complex as how many dollars did we save this year based on our improvement efforts. (laughs) Different organizations look at this differently, but I, I have yet to see a successful improvement culture that didn't track impact, and technology is almost always the only way to do it. Doing this manually is just too hard. So if you're struggling to track impact, again, I would tell you, you probably have a technology problem and you should look at what technologies you're using to see if it's worth, worth exploring. So again, as far as diagnosing your organization, if you're feeling the pain in these areas, then I would look at your technologies. It's probably, um, that's probably the area that you're, you're having a problem in and something where you would see the biggest bang for your buck as far as getting a solution. There's other parts of technology, you know, mobile and whether it can support different project templates and uh, visualize things like gimbal walks and and boards and huddles and that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, as a, as a tech organization, we focus on all those things. But from your perspective, as you're diagnosing your culture, um, I wouldn't get too detailed into that sort of stuff. Right. Those are the fringe solutions. The visibility, the knowledge sharing, the impact, the standards, the collaboration—you know—that's the stuff that, if you're challenged there, look at your technology. That could be where your problem lies. So, I hope this was helpful today. Um, I'm going to leave with some last thoughts, and then we can do questions. But um, if you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate about this, and I'm always willing to help. Um, I don't know if my contact information will be on this webinar, but if not, you. You can find me on the Kinexus website and you can always reach out to me. I'm happy to help as long as I can find the time to do it. Let me just kind of talk through some of my personal thoughts as I was preparing for this webinar and I'll just share them with you. And hopefully it'll kind of move you in the right direction as far as uh, developing a good culture of continuous improvement. So my first thought is um, just get started. Like you know, the, what, what do they say? The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, or, you know, if you're going to eat an elephant, you have to do it one bite at a time. You know, you have to get started on improvement. Even if you make a bunch of mistakes early, you're going to get better and better and better over time. And so just get started, talk about improvement, figure out a cadence, look at your people, your process and your technologies, and just figure out something to move forward with them. And I think over time, you'll just get better and better and better at this. Um, I can't tell you how many people wait to get started until they think it's perfect. And I would say that's the wrong, the wrong strategy there. Just, just go Uh, in that same realm. You know, if you're not the supreme leader of an organization, try this on your team first. I mean, teams take on the behavior of their highest leaders also. And if, if you're not a leader of a team, do it yourself right? Your your family can take on the behavior of the highest leader. You personally can do your own improvement here. So I don't think improvement is something that has to be <clears throat> driven down throughout an organization. I do think the leaders make a huge difference in doing it at scale, but I think it's something people can do as individuals. And so I would tell you, try it on yourself, try it on your team, do that first, and, and you'll see measurable and market improvement in your day-to-day work. Um, it does start with an attitude adjustment, right? I, I say all the time, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can certainly choose our attitude and how we respond to it. And so being committed to improvement, saying that you're committed to improvement, uh, being being just without a doubt someone who is going to do improvement and lead others to do improvement, you know, that's your attitude, and we can all choose that. And and making this a part of our day to day—that's just a choice we make. So I would say it starts there, and um, everyone can do this. And then you can you can really start with small goals. There's no reason you have to look for one improvement per week per employee that sort of thing. Like let's just get started and let's celebrate the wins here. I think if you can start with small goals, you will build the habits within your organization. And then lastly, don't forget why it's called continuous improvement, right? This is a, a never-ending quest. And continuous improvement is one of those things that the better you get at it, the more you're going to do it. And so th- there, there is no end. We're not trying to get X number of improvements completed, right? We are trying to build a culture that until the end is continuously evolving and improving itself. And so that, again, that's a personal thing. That's an organizational thing, but it is continuous and it's ongoing. And so I I hope that everyone will remember that. And I hope that this webinar was helpful for someone out there. Um, I think it's important that we create improvement cultures and hopefully I was able to lend to that at least a little bit today.
1: Awesome, Jeff. Thank you um, so much. You know, as you were talking, I was reflecting upon my experiences. So, I've worked in numerous different organizations, and the the organization that I worked for that was the most successful in continuous improvement had every single one of your top ten list covered. And the organizations where I worked that didn't have as much success really struggled with even the basics. So a wonderful message and wonderful reminder to those who have even been through a lot of programs that we have to get back to those basics. So we have a couple of minutes for questions and feel free. If you have a burning question, type it in. We'll have time to take just a couple, Um, but one that I really loved because I've had this one before. Uh, Jeff, the question is, you know, my, my executives talk about being committed to continuous improvement but I'm not really sure that they are. What advice do you have for me?
0: Yeah, great, great question. One that I get a lot as you know, as the sales component of, a, of an organization. So a, a couple of things. One, I would say that might be the most important problem that you have to solve. And so I would tell you, the first thing is to focus on solving that problem because you really got to get your executives on board if you're going to make a measurable impact to uh, changing a culture within an organization so keep fighting that fight um one thing i would say is the more you can talk in their language the better and so i know that in a perfect world we wouldn't be tracking financial impact of improvements, right we wouldn't be doing improvements just to save money that sort of thing but sometimes you need that kind of information in order to go into a boardroom and convince someone that this is making an impact on an organization. And so, um, it, you know, if that's the, the way it works in your organization, then you have to speak in their language. You know, they're not going to care how many OIs you solved in a month, that sort of thing. They're going to care what, how did that impact the bottom line of our organization? So I would look at turnover rates. I would look at Customer satisfaction net promoter scores, I would look at financial impacts, and I would do your best to tie that sort of stuff back to those goals now I mean you know from a technology standpoint, we do that with customers and it's you know it's a tagging game that they play, but the reason they're doing it is so that when they have to go sell the concept of CI to leaders, they have some ammunition to do it and I think it's a it's a really hard thing to do. Um, I would also tell you, you know, there are great books out there. I'm reading one right now called Steady Work, and I think it's about the lean transformation at Starbucks that happened. Um, There's a lot of other great examples. Um, The idea driven organization is one that I, I really have liked, and I've given those to executives, and they've been able to kind of see the impact that employee engagement and employee ideas can make for people. So that might be another way that you could. You could try to get someone um, over to the dark side.
1: <laughs> okay, one, one last question, probably top of mind for a lot of us right now. How do you think continuous improvement, Lean Six Sigma, are going to fare through COVID-19?
0: Yeah, great, great question. I um, <clears> think <throat> I think it's going to be tough. Um, because I think if I'm honest, there are a lot of organizations out there that look at continuous improvement as an extra, you know, as not a core component of the business that they're doing. And I think for those organizations, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, uh, you know, as organizations um, kind of tighten their belts, et cetera, you know, CI might be one of those things that is not looked at um, strategically. I think that is completely unfortunate. Uh, My opinion is that as these times change, I mean, we're seeing it at Kinexis. We're all working from home. Our customers are working from home. The number of OIs or opportunities for improvement that we have right now are endless. Like Everyone's trying to figure out what to do if your Wi-Fi goes down and how do you best share on your screen and how do we change up our meeting cadence in order to uh, engage everyone. And in order to have successful, you know, when do we change our marketing from talking about COVID to talking about business? And how do we do that in a respectful way? And and all of those, I mean, I'm not coming up with those ideas. Like I, I need my people coming up with those ideas. And so improvement is more important during these times. We're going to see that at movie theaters. When they come back online, they're going to have to figure out well, how do we get people foods and drinks safely? How do we have them sitting in our theater safely? Same thing with restaurants, same thing with grocery stores, really same thing with any business. So in these times of upheaval, I think it's more important. You know, unfortunately, I'm not the czar. <laughs> It'd be better if I was. But um, but yeah, I think, I think we're going to see that the organizations that commit to this can come out of these times of upheaval even stronger. But we'll see. That's my guess.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, that is about the end of our time for today. As a reminder, this webinar has been recorded and we will email you the recording link tomorrow morning so you can share this webinar with any of your coworkers or maybe your supervisor who needs to hear this message. Please consider joining the CII membership. It has all of the tools and resources that you need to be successful in your continuous improvement journey certainly sign up for our next webinar where we will be teaching you an incredible tool called the decision matrix to help your team stop spinning and start deciding. So using a tool to get some decision making done. So as your organization is figuring out how they're coming back online, we'll give you a decision tool to help you make that conversation a little bit easier. So thank you all for joining. This is Continuous Improvement Leadership Live, Diagnosing Your Continuous Improvement Culture Challenge. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Allison.